You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. week of screening in Kingston. We've got some Oscar movies to talk about today. We've got some Oscar snub movies to talk about today. We've got some really interesting fan questions. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time of year, Taylor, for being kind of slow with things reopening and not a lot of new movies coming out anyway. Yeah, it's a good time to play catch up. Good time to be a, a movie fan. <laughs> but uh yeah, well, this, no complaints. This, no complaints. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking about it a lot this week. That in the past, I found the early part of the year as a moviegoer like pretty slow because there's not much going on up until you get to the Oscars. Like, there isn't a lot happening. But I've been thinking, and and some weeks, I find it harder to figure out things to talk about on the show each week. But this time of year, where I feel like I normally would find it hard. I'm I'm not because yes we've got the Oscars we're playing catch up but there's a lot of other things going on and we've got some interesting like stuff happening on the show that it makes it uh, it makes it like easier to talk about movies kind right of now. it kind of exciting yeah kind of exciting not that the show isn't always exciting um, but some weeks <laughs> we're 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 pulling out our hair trying to figure out what yeah. to talk about pandemic <laughs> living is certainly something isn't it mike it's um you it's know something. it's it's something <laughs> and then it becomes something else yeah. and then things happen and it becomes something else and you go well it was pretty bad before and now it's somehow worse now so <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just been yeah it's been very strange um it's i will just, I will pat us on our the back, though. I think we've done a pretty good job of pivoting. I think we've, you know, even though some weeks it's struggle bus for us, I would say we still bring it for the fans, no matter what. They're for the, the only last reason two years. why we're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> truly, <Yeah>. truly. <laughs> um, speaking of going. pivoting, speaking of pivoting, um, I want to, I want to, take that note to, to uh, continue to remind people about one of the things we do to survive the pandemic, which is our movie club. So last week, if you missed it, or if you need a reminder, we launched our movie club that's going to kind of conclude in a couple of weeks by March 14th. So you have until March 14th to watch Death on a Nile. It's the new Kenneth Branagh film currently in theaters and read the Agatha Christie novel, Death on a Nile. So you have until March 14th. So on the March 15th episode, we're going to talk about it. We're going to bring friend of the show, friend of Taylor, Katie, back to discuss the book and the movie. But as fans of the show, you, of course, can contribute um, as much or as little as you wish. Just read and watch along and listen to our conversation or contribute. Go to screeninginkingston.com slash movie club or click on the movie club tab once you once you go to, the, to our homepage. You'll see all the information there. You have until the 14th by 4 p.m. There's a little form to fill out. It's very basic. What's your name? What's your email? What do you think of the movie? What do you think of the book? Compare the two. <laughs> very, very simple. What do you what do you think of Ermy Hammer? I'm joking. That's not one of the uh the It's people. not, but I wonder if we should <laughs> it put should it in. Be. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's opening a, uh, a can of worms we probably don't want to get into, Mike. Well, but, I mean, okay. We're going to talk about it, though. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. Like, we're going to talk. We have to talk about it. We will, but I don't know. Like, I don't want to, you know, some people might write in being like, he's been wrongly accused. Like, that kind of kettle of worms. Yeah, but of which thing? This is the thing. Now you got to clarify, because it's Army Hammer. Of which thing was he wrongly confused? Right. Because that's the thing about Army Hammer is he's, he's so complex that he's yeah. got multiple allegations in multiple different fields, some of which I feel comfortable making fun of and some of which I don't. So it may be fair game. And another thing to mention, Mike, because we're giving such um, a long lead up time, this is much longer than our regular movie clubs because we want people to have time to read the novel. Um there will be spoilers. So heads I don't up. see how we could do it without spoilers. <laughs> it's a mystery movie, guys. Yeah. It's a mystery book. There's I, definitely I feel, be spoilers. I feel like if you're going to really like dive into the book and the movie of something, like you're going to have to talk spoilers. Yeah. But so that's the whole warning. point. We've given everyone a month. We've given you a month to see it. <laughs> that's warning, to those people, warning to those people who listen to the show but don't necessarily, you know, participate in the movie clubs. If, you know, if you're not reading the book and you're not seeing the movie, just know there will be spoilers. Also, I'm pretty sure the book came out like a hundred years ago. <laughs> that might yeah. be that might be older than I th- than I'm. That's probably older than it actually is. But like, it is quite an old book. So yeah, yeah. no, and and I think it's also I think there was a movie before it as well. Like yes. I don't think this is the first movie. No. Um. So, it, spoiler alert. When we get to that episode, um, but today we're gonna we're gonna review a couple movies and talk about the issues of being a, a movie reviewer during the time of the pandemic. We're gonna talk about that today, um, and we've got some fan questions. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things. And next week we're gonna be welcoming some guests to the show from the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. So that'll Very be a lot exciting. of fun. Um, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival is coming up March third to the thirteenth. So you can go to uh, kingcanfilmfest.com to get all the information. And next week, we're going to be speaking with one of the programmers of the Kingston Canadian Film Festival and a director who also happens to be a Queens alumni. So there Very you go. Cool. A little bit of little bit of Queens and Kingston connection. Uh, so that'll be that'll be on next week's episode. So that'll be a lot of fun. Very neat. Just us this week, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, sorry. no guests. Very no guests sorry. Just us um, fools. Just as fools, yeah. Uh, let's let's kick things off with some fan questions. Um, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, this one first one's from Melanie because I, I bumped it to this week um, because we wanted to really do some Oscar stuff next week, so we'll do that one first. Um, so Melanie wrote in and said, uh, "Do either of you have season movies that you like during certain parts of the year? Do you have a seasonal movie that you like right now?" In February, do you find that you're watching a certain type or kind of movie? So that's from Melanie. Interesting. Seasonal movies. I find that that happens. Like, I think certain movies have a certain... Um, It's hard to say. I think, like, there's certain seasons where I think, yes, I want to watch that movie. Like, Jesus Christ Superstar makes sense to watch around Easter. (laughs) For Mm -hmm. those who are not familiar with that rock opera, it is the story of jesus dying so easter easter obviously um but that's not to say i wouldn't watch that movie throughout the year 
Do you know what I mean, Mike? Like, but, yes, but like, you get you get the urge yes. and the feeling, and it feels right at a certain time. Yeah, to yeah. watch it then. Yeah. Um, and I would say now, like in February, it's not that I want to watch like a certain movie. This might be a pandemic problem, Mike, and it will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll bring this up during my review today. I just don't really want to watch like anything that's too heavy. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's a February problem or just a pandemic problem. Like I'm I'm really just looking for kind of fluffy stuff right now, you know? <laughs> nothing too yeah. um too sad, nothing too depressing. Um so anyways, that's where I'm at. I don't want anyone recommending anything yeah. to me that's like going to leave me in a depression. Yeah, it's hard because the pandemic kind of threw a wrench into all the seasons and, and what things feel like. Because I certainly, by the time the summer rolls around and into the fall, I want to see big popcorn movies, blockbusters. Like, that's what I Agreed. want in the summer. That's what I want in, in the fall, even to some extent. And then, like, I want also, like, more... I do want some heavier Oscar big acting movies come December. Like I want to start seeing those things. And then usually I'm not a big movie watcher in January, February. Like, I, I think I told you before today, like before this show for at least two or three years in a row, I had a group of people where we did an Oscars pool. So we did it just like, Oh, we did paper ballot, fill out Oscars, watch it at someone's house, you know, what have you. Um, and that was always like, okay, leading up to the Oscars, like find all the Oscars movies. But I always at that time was ahead. I saw a bunch of them in November and December, and it was kind of easier to kind of get access to and find and find movies. So I think for me, the pandemic, same thing, kind of throws a wrench in it. And I don't actually get in the mood to watch movies in January, February, but I've been home so much these past two years that I have watched more but I'll agree with you. It's pretty fluffy. Like it's not, it's not super deep, no. depressing movies. <laughs> like it's no. pretty much fluff. <laughs> like I want to watch like Adam Sandler. I want to watch like, I want to watch like old favorites. You know what I mean? Where like I, I can like recite the dialogue. I know what's going to happen. Um, in like normal times, I was just like thinking as you were listening, like I definitely agree. Like summertime, like, yeah, like that's a blockbuster season, you know, like yeah. August, it's very hot, humid. There's nothing like going to the movie theater for like a late show, like a nine o'clock late show um, where it's just going to be like, like you said, like a big popcorn movie. Um, the fall, I, I, I do like watching horror movies like that. Like that's an appropriate season to be watching Makes horror sense. movies. Um, but again, I'm not the type of person kind of like the Jesus Christ superstar that's not to say I'm not going to watch a horror movie in January. Like I, I would like, there's nothing stopping me, but um, yeah, overall, I would just say my movie watching habits have, have changed quite a bit. The stuff that I'm attracted to is much different than at the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was taking a, <laughs> a terrible planned sip of water. <laughs> at that exact moment um 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm still rewatching too much stuff. I have to watch more new things. I have yeah. to snap out of it, but it's been, it's been tough. Um, but thank you, Melanie, for your question. Uh, Connor is the next question I have here. Um, Connor says, hi, my name is Connor. I finished tied for second in your Oscars pool last year. My question is kind of around the topic of the House of Gucci um, that you mentioned last episode and how that it was a snub for the Oscars. What do you feel qualifies a movie as a snub? Is this based on your own opinion of what should be nominated or more so what you thought would be nominated regardless of whether or not you liked the movie? Looking forward to hearing from you and for the Oscars pool this year. Um, yeah, so I actually, this two things, something that happened to me on the weekend and this question um kind of inspired me to want to talk more about oscar snubs today um but to me it's both of those two things connor that you just said it's it's i consider something a snub just because oh there's a lot of buzz around it and this is the type of thing that would normally be nominated and i'm surprised it wasn't right as well as oh i really enjoyed this movie it should be getting more recognition. So I personally consider it a snub, even though some people have never heard of the movie, which we're actually going to talk about today because the movie that I ended up reviewing falls under that category. Mike, so this to is, me, it's both. Mike, this is why I'm so bad at the Oscar pool because I go in very like gut reaction. Like I liked that movie. You know what I mean? Like even though I try to vote strategically thinking like i'm mm. gonna think how the academy thinks no i still default by picking <laughs> but once now, i liked best <laughs> i thought you had a record breaking year last year didn't you like do very well last year no like, i thought you were hold on we gotta go back I'm, I'm i sure just I did well i did well in comparison to the previous year <laughs> okay like, so it, I've, I've got the list here. you finished sixth of 40 people Really? That's pretty. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're number. You're in like the top ten. Wow, that's a, yeah, a right shocker. <laughs> so I guess I have fixed my voting strategy and I voted. I thought the academy yes, because I remember. I distinctly remember that you did surprisingly well last year. Like you, you somehow picked more than you normally do. Because I, re- I remember. An, yeah, it was an out of body experience. Yeah, experience. I went on autopilot and, you know, I channeled the Academy. Um, But anyways, Um, that's why typically, historically, I do so poorly. Historically. Last year, a little bit of a blip. Yeah, that is not indicative of my typical Oscar performance. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I wanted to, I'm sure. And yeah, I've got the list here and I see Connor, I see you there, tied for second. Um, And then Taylor, yeah, you were sixth. Wow. Finishing ahead of Tyler, who was seven, and Lily, who was eight, Austin, who was nine, all friends of the show. Um, I finished tie with Matt Salton for fourth. So there you there go. You go. Well, anyways, I uh, the snub category. Um, we'll get into this when you bring it up, but um, I guess for me, it's a little bit of the same. Like I try to think, like, oh, that's a snub based on how the Academy typically. Um, typically like uh what's the word nominates and Mm. then oh that was a snub like i loved that movie it should be in the oscars but i know that like it's tough because what i like typically isn't always like oscar fair right so like is it really a snub like it never it stood a chance 
So, yeah. Yeah, I guess not. Like, if it never stood a chance, no, and, and I guess not. I think it's more, to me, I always take the Oscars at what they claim to be. What, what are the best performances right. movies of the year? So if you feel it was one of the best, then to me, that would be a snub in an award show that's supposed to be about what's the best. Like, I think right. I think the Oscars should be given some credit. Um, we all we all like to, to, to hate on them, uh, but they should be given some credit. Like the past couple of years, the Oscars have been more diverse. They've been more interesting in their selections. They've been, I think, a little bit more balanced. Like so far... I mean, we'll, we'll re- keep reviewing more, but so far of the movies I've seen, I'm like, I'm not like mad that this thing was nominated for an Oscar or this person was nominated for an Oscar. Like it wasn't in years past where there's something egregiously strange. Like, why is this movie here? Why is this person yeah. here? Like it didn't make sense. I think they've done a bit of a better job um, at opening things up. So credit where credit's due. Um, last question comes from Josh the Inquisitor who sent two emails because he had to put a correction to his question. So his new first question is, in your opinion, were there any egregious Oscar snubs this year? Um, so, you, I mean, you just said, Taylor, that would be hard for you to kind of answer um, in terms of egregious. I mean, the only thing I will say is that a lot of people were very shocked that House of Gucci didn't receive really any. Um, and Lady Gaga, I guess, was supposed to be supposed to be the 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 one that was going to get nominated for something. And like even Adam Driver's in that movie, and Jared Leto, who I don't like, but the Academy seems to love. Um, so that was like the big one. But in, as far as I'm concerned, like again, I, I kind of <laughs> something you said, Taylor, it's like kind of true. Like I, there's movies I love that the Oscars don't generally nominate anyway. Um, so it's yeah, like, I'm over oh, it. Never, like whatever. It never, never stood a chance. <laughs> so no, I, I don't think anything egregious for me. Like I do remember in past years where I saw certain performances and I'm like, if this person doesn't win, it's ridiculous. But I don't think I've seen anything like that so far. I was surprised. And this was what I, I said I was going to bring up. Um, but the question has been asked. I was surprised that Jennifer Hudson didn't get a nomination for respect Hmm. i had seen that that movie in the summer and i think i had said then like oh this was a very like i really enjoyed this movie i thought it went it was really good i thought the performances were good and given the type of movie it was like a biopic about um a musician i thought that it was going to get some nominations so i was a little bit surprised about that yeah and that's the that's certainly the type of movie that they they often would nominate um and again one of the movies the movie i'm going to talk about today same same scenario it's kind of the type of movie that you think would normally get nominated um yeah i mean that now that you bring that up that kind of surprises me too i didn't see the movie but just because of what that movie the is. The genre, the cast, yeah. like it had very good production value. Like it like had the look of an Oscar movie. I'm sorry, I'm kind of losing my voice a little bit today. Yes, so. I can. Yeah, I was <laughs> sorry thinking about that. that. <laughs> I was sitting on someone's um, back porch uh, and it was a little bit chilly. And I wonder if that's coming Uh-oh. from the cold into the heat. So anyways, I, hopefully you guys can at least at least hear me a little bit. Um yeah, I just I I remember even when I saw it thinking, I don't know if this is receiving Oscar buzz, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. And then it didn't get any. 
So that that to me is a bit of a snub. I thought Jennifer Lawrence was really, or sorry, Jennifer Hudson That's was really great. So I don't know. I see yeah. see what I mean. Like I don't. Yeah. Right, right when you think you're in the mind you of the Academy, out. you're like, I yeah. I've got it. I've cracked the code. And then they don't nominate the movie you think that they are going to do. So I really mm. don't know. <laughs> um, Josh's second question is. What do you think is a dark horse pick for best picture? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, so I'll review quickly the nominees say, here. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll run through it, and then we can talk about any any uh, <laughs> dark horse picks. Um, so uh, King Richard, Coda, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Dune, Don't Look Up, Nightmare Alley, and Drive My Car. Um it's interesting dark, because Mike, dark horse in the sense again that this is the movie it's dark a dark horse because it's the movie we want it want to win, or dark horse because it's not a typical Oscar movie. I think because it's more so not a typical Oscar movie, or you're not hearing as much buzz. Like right. I was gonna say, you know, I've heard there's been lots of talk about Belfast, the power of yeah. the dog. Even West Side Story is getting yeah. like a lot of love for this category. But like to me a a like real dark horse winning it would be like Don't Look Up, which isn't oh, nominated yeah. for a lot of things <laughs> and is in here. Wasn't like, good. Yeah, and like, it, but because of like the political side of it, like yeah. that wins. Like that would be one that I think uh, I think would be a, an interesting dark horse. I mean, Drive My Car, I would say, is a dark horse win because not many times has your, the the sort of best foreign film lead and the, and best picture been the same one. Like I think what Parasite. Uh, did that and like drive my car would be i think a really would be a dark horse pick because it, it, i don't think it would be as expected as like belfast power of the dog west side story like those movies that are getting a lot of buzz um i would be shocked if dune wins because that's not the genre that normally wins these types of awards so i'd be shocked if, if dune wins like what was the last the fantasy movie yeah like what was the last fantasy like maybe the, the, third, the what, third lord of the rings yeah the third lord yeah. of the rings that was the um, last one to win. I haven't heard anything about Coda. So I feel like Coda is my dark horse. I haven't heard anything <laughs> Because you about, haven't heard anything. Yeah, yeah, I literally, like, I don't know. Uh, uh, allegedly, it's about a fraught family relationship, according to Tyler. But, like, aside from that, oh, and it's, um, it's an Apple TV movie. So... Mm. Um, that was one I tried to find this weekend. So no one's seen it. Yeah, so no one's seen no it. No one has Apple TV. <laughs> no one's seen it. I don't even really know who the cast is. I've had no buzz. So that's going to be my Dark Horse contender because I literally have no idea about Coda. Um, I think, you know, like in the past, the Academy really liked epics. And so for that reason, like Dune to me is less of a dark horse mm. but i agree mike it's been a really long time since like a genre epic yeah has one yeah oh yeah um, if you go back in the history epics used yeah to like i think like gone with the winds like mm -hmm. ran away with the, the oh yeah of course that's and, like um, that was like 1939 so that, 10 10 like, 10 commandments yeah won a bunch of awards and how the west was won yeah so uh, like won a bunch of awards like big big movies used to win for sure but often. i would just be surprised because recently because recently yeah, it's no. been away from that so. I agree with you. Um, and like you had mentioned about the foreign language film, Drive My Car, it's also apparently very long, 
like three mm-hmm. plus hours, I think. And I yeah. think in this, um, like the habits of movie moviegoers, even though um, movies seem to be getting longer and longer, audiences you know you only have to go on twitter like there was just a couple weeks ago they were like one of the like a viral tweet was like can we stop making movies that are three hours so like i would say like audiences aren't going to see three hour movies they don't want to see three hour movies so um i don't know what the academy's like if they're willing to sit through like a three plus hour movie dune also is over three hours right or just it, it's uh, just under but it doesn't feel it doesn't right feel it. like that's the thing i don't care how long a movie is if it doesn't feel long right which dune i don't think did i mean once you see it you can tell me kind of how you felt about it but seeing that on the big screen it didn't feel long to me like it was pretty captivating so kind of see see what that's like um but thank you to everyone for your fan questions this week um just did josh only have the one he uh that was the second one was about the um the snubs right uh, he did not have three, which is the bingo qualification. Um, uh, just a reminder to everybody, if you want to contribute to our podcast, all you have to do is email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com or visit our website, screeninginkingston.com. Fill out one of the many fillable forms on there, submit a question, um, and we'll answer it on the podcast. So let's get into some movie talk here. Um yep. I have a quick, very quick story to explain that I did not indeed see King Richard this week. Um, I wanted to. I tried. <laughs> I couldn't find the movie, even though... So the reason why I picked King Richard was I saw on the preview on my TV, like, oh, King Richard is now available to stream at home. And I thought, okay, cool. Like, it's on something. It's on right. one of the devices, so I'll watch it this weekend. And then here I go Sunday night. And I couldn't it's too find late. It. It's too late now, too, Mike. It was like, it was like, final hour. You're watching a movie. It's Sunday night. No yeah. room for mistake. Nope. No room for mistakes. <laughs> I couldn't find it. And so when I finally found it, it was only available to buy on Amazon, like through through Amazon Prime. You couldn't rent it. Like a physical which I copy. No, like you could buy the digital copy, oh. but it was it was still like thirty five, and it wouldn't let you rent it, eh? And it wouldn't let me rent it. And like, That's I weird. don't mind buying movies, but one, I like when I buy a movie, I like to have a physical copy. I don't yeah, like buying digital movies. That's like very strange to me. And two, I don't want to buy a movie if I don't know if I'm gonna like it yet. Like, I'm sure Especially I'm for going thirty dollars for thirty something dollars. Like, I was like, okay, no, I need to find this movie for rent. So after after looking, I ended up switching and and finding a new movie to watch that that was technically did come out in late 2021 and and i i think it should have actually been nominated for oscar but we'll get to that but my my very to end my very quick story off is they should be very clear when you're advertising something where where can i watch it where can i watch it and can i actually watch it because basically it was just available to buy not rent because sometimes you can rent and own is the option and then i do the four to twelve dollar rental i don't care i'll spend a a a little bit of money on renting a movie digitally but i don't want to buy a digital copy of something if i don't know if i'm gonna like it yeah that's (laughs) so that's wild but that was that was my story (laughs) mike i will say that it has been um a more difficult than i thought it would be to find oscar movies outside of the theaters 
Um, you know, some of them are streaming movies. Like we know, uh, um, don't look up is a Netflix movie. Um, being the Ricardos is an Amazon movie. We found out, I found out this weekend, Coda is Apple TV. Although who owns Apple TV? I got a year subscription to Apple TV with my new iPhone and then canceled it after like eight months after I had watched, uh, um, what's that show? Um, he's uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Although we yeah, didn't finish right. the second season, but um, so I was like, "Oh, nuts! If only I had kept the, <laughs> if I had yeah, kept yeah. the subscription, I could have watched Coda." But um, I guess I thought because a lot of these movies were in theaters um, in December or sooner, I thought it would be much easier to do rentals like to rent on YouTube or Amazon, um, which I've gotten quite comfortable doing um, throughout the pandemic. I actually think it's pretty great that I can rent a movie through Amazon um, or YouTube, but it's, it's been more difficult than I thought it would be. Like Mm -hmm. um, I I don't, I haven't been able to get a hold of licorice pizza. um, Yeah. So anyways, there's a bunch of movies where I was like, oh, this is a little bit tough. Um, I mean it's great like with theaters opening certainly if you guys are feeling comfortable like go buy a ticket and see it in theaters but for those individuals who want to catch up but aren't ready to go to to the theaters um, it doesn't look like we have very many options Mike no and I mean to be fair up until recently you know in Ontario the theaters haven't really been open so as things open up again like yeah we have a couple weeks now you can go see some movies that's good you're kind of limited to what gets shown there but I've definitely noticed the same thing like there's a couple movies like I have a list of you know basically I kind of mapped out my next couple weeks these are the movies I want to watch on these you know these dates and I, I left drive my car till the end because it's so you know long but I I have like, okay, I know I can get this movie here. I know I'll have to go to the theaters here. I mapped it out. And this was just my King Richard weekend. Didn't really think about that it would be a problem. And as you mentioned, like when you get to Sunday night, you're in the, you know, you're there. Like you've got to watch something. Um, You've run out of, you've run out of days. (laughs) Well, again, my, I thought about it. I was like, okay, I, maybe I can find Belfast and and watch that but i knew you were going to review it and I was like i really want to talk about something different and then i saw power of the dog was on netflix but i thought well again i'm saving that to watch on my own time because you're you've already reviewed it so i wanted to do a new movie and talk about a new movie because i want to get in the habit of doing more of that so i i found a movie called munich the edge of war which is on netflix and that's the movie i'm going to review today and i'm really glad i found it like I'm, I'm actually, I'm excited to talk about it a little bit. Um, but that was just my little story quickly. Uh, but because you have two movies, Taylor, you should go first. Um, and we'll get this way. You don't have to talk through two movies uh, as you lose your voice. In yeah. a row. So, so whichever of the two movies you want to talk about first, d- dive on into it. Well, I'll talk about Belfast because I think I did a sure. little bit of a teaser last week. I think that I had seen Belfast. Um I had seen it in theaters. I'm pretty sure it's still playing at the screening room. And it's been, um, staff told me that it's been very well received. And um, typically with the screening room, um, those movies that are doing well, they keep around for a little while longer. And because it is an Oscar nominated movie, um, I'm sure, I mean, I I don't want to put words in Wendy's mouth, but I would be 
surprised if it leaves the screening room um soon i think i i would anticipate you have a couple more weeks to see belfast um as of today it is still on their schedule you're right as of today belfast is still on the schedule so it's there um belfast was one of those movies that i had planned to see prior to christmas like uh prior to the last lockdown very like a highly anticipated movie um i saw the trailer and i thought yes like this is definitely a Taylor movie. Um, and I think what happened is I fell victim to the classic blunder, uh, buying into hype, right? Like, like <laughs> oh, you know, no. it's, like, like, cause like it is getting a lot of buzz. Everyone I know who has seen it has been like, this movie is amazing. Like I would see it twice. Like, um, I went to go see it with my good um, friend Emma, whose family is Scottish, and they uh, they all live in Scotland. So her Scottish family had seen it, and they said to Emma, like, we're going to go to the theaters again to see it. Like, we loved it. So both Emma and I are like, okay, great. Like, this is going to be a really great movie. <laughs> this happens every time, you, you know, this happens every time where you're like, I'm not going to buy into the hype, but this movie is going to be really good. And then you see it, and you're kind of like, <laughs> it's your own fault, Taylor. It, it is, is your fault. own fault it's for not... buying into that hype. You should have just shut it out and been like, nope, I don't know what this is going to be like. It could be bad. But you bought into the hype. But like, it wasn't even like I was like, re- I wasn't even reading reviews. It's just like, how do you turn off the people around you who are saying I, that I, the movie's a lot so of people, good? A lot like, of people are talking about this movie. Like, this movie has been talked about a lot. Like, you, yeah, you like a right. lot of word of mouth. Like, um, I think this is my hot take, Mike, and our older listeners may come for me, but I think this movie is very much a generational thing. So this movie takes place in 1960s Belfast, just as the the troubles are beginning. So for people who aren't familiar with this part of history, um, in Ireland, there was a conflict between um, the Protestants and the Catholics. It was um, very politically charged. Um, I, I'm not, I can't go into the specifics because I'm not an expert, but essentially the, the troubles were between the Protestants and the Catholics in Ireland. And in this movie, it's just like kicking off, right? Like it's mm. just beginning. Um, and it takes place in this like little neighborhood in Belfast in Ireland and it's a predominantly Protestant neighborhood but there are Catholic families and um it's like a very tight-knit community but with the the troubles kicking off like things are tense right so I think adults who lived with the troubles in their lives this movie will probably really speak to them especially if you have like um irish or scottish or british ancestry right like um if you're of a certain age you would have you would have remembered either a you what you lived through it if you're if you're an immigrant or you still live in um in the in great britain you either lived through it or you remember growing up seeing it on tv yada 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 right so like it's recent enough history that people i know experienced it but old enough history that it, i didn't experience it directly like the troubles ended um uh the early 90s so mike you and i like it wasn't something that we grew up with watching on the news 
right? We, we would be way too young yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to have even remotely known. I know we joke on. about being old people on this show, but in this instance, like, no. we were too young to, to have directly experienced the troubles, right? And so yeah. I think, like, because that's the one thing that I'm hearing a lot is that it's, like, a very emotionally charged movie for people. For me, it wasn't. Like, I'm too far removed from the historical events. And um, my, like, my direct ancestors uh, have been in Canada. Like, on my dad's side, I've been in Canada a long time. My mom's side of the family is Russian. So, like, again, like, the Russian context does not, you know, is not involved in the troubles whatsoever. But, like, the the Currys from Scotland, they've been in Canada for hundreds and hundreds of years. So, like, I have no um, family connection to this story, right? So that being said, um, I understand why people of a certain age are loving this movie. Hmm. Like, I get it. Um, but for me, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it was a nice movie, but like, it like wasn't earth shattering. Like, this wasn't a movie where I'm like, you have to see this. Like, um, I guess the comparison for me is cold war which came out i think it came out before the pandemic so maybe it's like three or four years old which was like was oscar nominated um takes place in the same time period but in poland so like i because of my family history had a much more um like i felt that movie was much more emotive for me cold war as opposed to this movie. So it's it's one of those movies, Mike, where it's like, it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? Like, it was well-acted, um, well-written, like, whatever. Like, I can't find anything wrong with it. It just didn't feel as good as people made it sound like it was going to be. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, like, no, definitely. You're not saying you didn't like the movie. It's just because of the hype, you expected something a little bit more than what you got. And, like... Is it an Oscar movie? Like, based on what constitutes an Oscar movie, yes. But, like, if we're holding the Oscars to the standard we should when we say, like, this is, like, the best movie that came out this year. Like, there was nothing for me, again, because, like, I know people who have seen this movie felt, like, very emotionally connected to this movie. Um, For me, there was nothing that special about this movie. Like, I will not... This isn't a movie where I will be thinking of for a long time. I guess you can put it. I can put it right. that way. Like it's not. But sometimes that's what that happens with the Oscars is like it was that year that movie was so huge. And then five years from now, no one has ever mentions it again. Right. Like Green Book. Right. Everyone talked about Green Book. But like five years later, like, is anyone talking about Green Book? Probably not. And if they are no. talking about Green Book, it's for bad reasons. Right. I don't think anyone's even talking about it like like a year or two later, I don't right. think people were talking about it much. Like, I just don't think it's that type of movie. So, like, I it's this is one of those this is one of those crummy situations where, uh, you know, I love I love this radio show. I love review, reviewing movies, but this is one of those times where I'm kind of like, uh, like bummer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wish I could say that I loved this movie, but I didn't. And like, I'm a little mm. bit surprised it's being nominated for best picture. But then again, on the flip side, I'm like, I'm not. Because, like, yes, it is an Oscar baby. Right. So in terms of the content, you're not surprised it fits the Oscar mold. But in terms of quality, you just don't think it got there. 
no but and i just want to like clarify for people of a certain age and for people who have like family history um this movie probably will be very emotional for you like there were scenes where like i teared up um you know if you even have maybe your family is an immigrant family but not from ireland like there'll be themes that really resonate with you and that's kind of what reson that's what resonated with me like with my mom's side of the family being immigrants like um those themes resonated but like overall i'm like okay like yeah it was you know what it was mike it was a nice movie it was nice yeah yeah (laughs) well there you go but it's nice it's nice (laughs) best picture for the oscars I would usually say no, like a, like a nice move. No, like it's just nice. So it wouldn't be nominated, but not the way you're describing it. So what, what's your rating then? Like, what are you giving this movie in, in our rating system? How, how would you recommend it? To For me, people? this is a stream it. Like mm-hmm. it would be a nice Saturday afternoon movie, you know, with the family right. or whatever. Um, I, it, because we're in the context of Oscar season, I think it is, it's a see it only so that you can vote vote um, accurately. But outside of the Oscar season, like again, like we kind of have to like take our Oscar glasses off. This is a, this is a stream it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, Mike's like, okay, what am so I going to write on Instagram? <laughs> I'm going to write, I'm going to write stream it. <laughs> because I'm just, I'm going to go with what you have. I'm going to go with your rating. Um, I gave a very Matt Sultan review. Because Matt Sultan, even when he doesn't like the movies, he says, go see it. Because he wants yeah, to support the theaters. <laughs> that was, was my terrible. Favorite. Go see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, so my the movie I, I ended up watching and finding um, is called Munich, The Edge of War. Um, so it's a movie that takes place in 1938 at the... Um, edge of war. The, at the edge of war. <laughs> at, a, at a peace conference that, that was held. This was a, based on a real conference that was held um, where... The, so for those of you who don't know anything about history at all, um, this was right before World War II. Um, at this time, so the Nazi um, political party had already risen to power in Germany, and things were already starting to go that, that direction. Um, and at this particular time, uh, Hitler has been making sort of um, movements and, and, and making it clear that he's going to invade what was at that time the Czech Republic. So that's the combination of, uh, of at that time Czechoslovakia. Czech, sorry, Czechoslovakia, right? I, I, Slovakia and the Czech Republic were one, and it was Czechoslovakia. And he was actually making uh, movements to invade, and um, the the English, Great Britain, um, as well as France, um, and uh, for some reason, I, I'm pretty sure Italy ended up siding with with. Uh, Germany, but Italy was also at this conference. For some um, reason, th- because they were also a fascist empire. Yes, I guess so. I, I just, I was, I'm, uh, the movie didn't really clarify why they were at this conference, like exactly what, because it was not focused on them. It was really, right. the movie was about, um, it was about uh, the the British prime minister negotiating. What do we with do with Hitler. this Hitler problem? Yeah, exactly. And specifically how they, they framed the movie, which I really liked, was through these two young two young men who both work for their 
one in Germany and one in, in Britain who worked for their respective uh, governments. And they knew each other. They, they went to school together. They were friends. They had a falling out um, because of the rise of the Nazi party. And now the friend who was actually supporting the Nazi party who works for them is having second thoughts right because he's seeing all the stuff happening and it's about these two trying to communicate together to try to bring down the the nazi empire and, and do something about this um so it's actually like it's a really interesting kind of spy thriller almost um it's it's very very well done it's very interesting if you like anything about history mo- movies about war but aren't like combat based this is this is a movie for you for sure. It was very very interesting, very well done. Um, I liked how they kind of showed some of the internal politics behind some of the decisions being made. Um, you know, and it was a it was a scenario of you know it's interesting, Taylor. Kind of uh, in at times it reminds me of some of the stuff going on right now um, right. with with Russia, the Ukraine, the U.S. Where it's interesting in the government. So at least from what the movie was showing. In the government in Germany, not one even higher up member thought Hitler was actually going to go to war with Great Britain and France, that he wouldn't actually risk doing that. Um, This peace conference that was held actually gave Germany back some territory, negotiated to them. And all his like generals, at least in the movie, were like, well, he'll settle there. Like, he's not going to actually risk war. Like, that would be ridiculous. Like, there's no way it's going to happen. He just wants these particular, like, regions back. And, of course, we all know that's not what happened. Spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler for history. World (laughs) War II happened. (laughs) He didn't stop there. Um, But it was was very, it was a very interesting movie. It got into um, the issues around race like the whole racist nature of the Nazi political party. It talks a lot about that in the movie. It talks a lot about how easy it was for the country to be sort of skewed into that direction. You like see the the kind of rise of the party and you see someone defending um, it. And and again, it draws a lot of parallels to things that go on in our society every day now. Um, And it's very interesting. Like that's, I think that's why I found it very, very interesting to watch as well. I think even though it was very much set in 1938, it felt like kind of an old uh, war movie. It was very British and it was very kind of Britain versus Nazi and like focusing on that. But I felt like it kind of spoke to a lot of things that are going on in our country, going on in the U.S., like going on all over the world. Mike, it's almost as if the study of history has a reason. Yeah, you'd almost spoken think spoken as a trained study, historian. Yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's it's almost as if Taylor. I think this like this is a new concept, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I want to let everyone know that this is my phrase. You can't steal it. Okay. Okay. I think it, those who who study history have less of a chance of repeating it. It's as if 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 you for, if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. You wow, know? is that a Mike original? Yeah, yeah, copyright. <laughs> Screening in Kingston. Um, and I think that's kind of what I found so interesting, Taylor. I thought it was like a time. It just came out near like the end of last year. Like it was a right. 2021 movie. Just came out like kind of fall, uh, kind of early December this past year. It was very well done. Jeremy Irons plays the prime minister. Now, this is the prime minister. Chamberlain. Winston Churchill. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Chamberlain. Couldn't remember his name for 
for a second. So yeah, so Chamberlain, and it taught, and it shows a lot because he he actually has a pretty bad reputation for something that happened at this conference. And you see, again, at least in the movie's perspective, you see more of an internal sort of thought process as to what he's doing and what he's trying right. to accomplish. Like, look, I don't want to confuse it. The movie is about these two young people and their struggle and like connecting back with each other and like trying to do something together at this conference to make a difference. That's what it's about. Like he would be more of like, he's the supporting role is Chamberlain. Like he, it's kind of the secondary to, it's really about the, these, these two young guys. Um, but still, I thought like Jeremy Irons did a good job. It was well-written. It's a history and war movie. I guess the only thing it had going against it in terms of like, why is this not nominated for any awards was because it wasn't very American at all. Right. Like it's not because, because the U S was not involved at this point. Like the, there's, um, you know, especially at this, at this peace conference, like they had nothing to do with like the, the four nations that are at this peace conference are none of them in the U S like they're not present. Like it was France, uh, you know, Great Britain, England and Italy and, and uh, Germany. Like we're, we're there. And what was interesting, Taylor, and I don't know in terms of your your history knowledge, what what you can add to this. But I one of the things, as I said to you, I was a little confused about Italy's involvement because I know that Italy sided with Germany and like they were sort of together in the war. But like at one point in time, Chamberlain reaches out to I guess is it Mussolini? Is Mussolini? Yeah. OK, reaches out to him in order to get Hitler to agree to come to this conference. So clearly Italy had some sort of relationship with Great Britain that was positive at some point in time because they basically used Mussolini to get Hitler at this. Like, well, well, if, if we can get his buddy to invite him, he'll he'll attend. So I don't know if Italy just like didn't want war and was trying to kind of assist in that or if there was a good relationship at one point in time. That was a little unclear, but I think it was trying, the movie was really focusing on some other things right like it was you know going past that but my, all uh, in all my memory of this conference is a little bit foggy so i'm not yeah. gonna weigh in <laughs> about the role of italy but i do know that um italy and germany were allies um and mm -hmm. they although their political systems were different they had more in common than with mm -hmm. the with England and France. And yeah. And of course, France, you know, France and England were united and, and they were, they were allies. Um, they were very anxious to avoid another world war. Um, and I, again, this is my own, like, I, I don't want to say anything that's inaccurate, but it may be that uh, Italy eventually did want to go to war, but it could have been that they weren't ready yet. Like, technically, well, like, that's yeah. what they thought, like, oh, Germany, like, Germany wasn't even supposed to be stockpiling weapons, but was doing it anyways. So anyways, there's yeah. lots of, lots of, if you're interested in that time period, the stuff leading up to World War II is almost as interesting as the history of World War II. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this, I think this movie did a good job. Again, I'm not, I'm not a history expert, so I can't speak to how accurate the movie was, but it, it did a good job of presenting what it chose to present. Um, so I'm, I'm giving this movie a, a see it. I think it's definitely worthwhile if you like history movies, if you like war movies, but you're into something that's not like action heavy. It's it's a great movie. It's, it's suspenseful. The, the it's political a political intrigue. 
Correct, yes. But it's also it's a suspense thriller, I would describe okay. it as. Like, it's not, um, it's not even, there are, especially at the beginning, very political things. But once they get into the thing that's happening, I just don't want to give it away because if right. you want to watch it, it is interesting to see it. And that's happened. Once they get into that, it becomes very, very fascinating. And side note, half the movie is in German, half the movie is in English. Yet another reason why it was not nominated for an yes, Oscar. Probably. We are seeing, we are seeing um, obviously more international films, but yes. I would think by and large, like North American audiences, like they're still at a point where they would expect the German speakers to be speaking in English. Yes, Wouldn't you agree? The, the, I, I would agree that most people are expecting that. Um, I like the fact that it was this accurate. I think that that's cool. Yeah, like, much nice better than the Germans doing English accents. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the Germans are speaking German. The English are speaking English. Uh, it's subtitled. The German movie is sub. The German parts are subtitled, but it's in both languages, and they they do it seamlessly, and it, it works very well. So it's a see up for me for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. So this was another one where. I was very much looking forward to seeing this movie um, on probably on par with Belfast. Like this was a hot, uh, hotly anticipated movie for me. Um, it is at the screening room and I think like Belfast is being relatively well received. So I think you'll be able to catch it um, still if you haven't had an opportunity to see it yet in theaters. Um, it's a Del Toro movie and this is like an Os- this is an Oscar movie. So this yeah. movie is hard for me to review because um allu- you know I kind of alluded to the fact at the beginning of the show like I'm not really in the headspace to be watching like really dark or heavy movies right now and like this movie Mike like um it's both it's, of those things. <laughs> it's both of those things. It is it is dark so it's a film noir so it's actually a remake of a movie that came out i think in the 1940s which was also a film noir so like due to genre conventions like it um it is supposed to be dark and gritty and the the storyline is like pretty pretty um dark and normally there's crime involved and and in this movie there certainly was crime and essentially it follows bradley cooper's character um who um he learns some skills at a like a traveling circus like a traveling carnival and he uses those skills and essentially like the movie like follows him in his like depravity i think is what the official plot synopsis is and i'm like okay whatever like sure (laughs) (laughs) depravity whatever like post or pre-pandemic taylor can handle her depravity in spades whatever (laughs) mike this movie like the ending like i told dan i'm like don't even mention the ending of the movie today like i can't even think about it like oh like it like left me with the heebie-jeebies like i do not want to talk about this movie so (laughs) it was it was a well-crafted movie i think we can expect that from del toro now um he mm-hmm. was, I think, he was nominated for The Shape of Water, if not won it that year, but certainly. I think nominated. he won it. Yeah, like we know, like he is an Oscar, um, he is an Oscar-worthy uh, director, and certainly, like when we think of like um, Oscar in the truest sense of the word, like 
best movie of the year was this actually a best movie like it was very it was um very well directed well acted um production value was beautiful it's set um like i had mentioned in the 1940s it starts in 1939 and speaking of world war ii like you can hear it's like it alludes to the world war kind of um in the on the radio and in the newspapers and stuff um so that's kind of you know also a feature of film noir um so this movie was very good but like it is not a movie that (laughs) i am in the mood to watch right now i'll put it that way like it was that's interesting you liked it but you're not in the mood for yeah like (laughs) pre-pandemic taylor like this would be right up her alley right but Mm. like as i had mentioned like i'm really looking for more fluff um and like whereas like um power of the dog a lot of the cruelty is more like subtle or less explicit things are it's mostly like dialogue like that's like the cruelty of the characters are like represented in the dialogue in this movie again they don't they do they do show cruelty you know what i mean like it's not Mm. just in the dialogue like you're also actually seeing it and um one kind of sentence i saw about the movie is like you know with del toro the humans are always worse than the monsters yes and like that's that's kind of his big yeah that's like his theme and like that's very much true in this movie i don't want to give anything away because like there is like a fairly um the ending is a bit of a twist although like not really. yeah definitely don't because i'm i'm definitely gonna be watching this so don't don't (laughs) but there's like one thing in particular (laughs) that like oh my it just like did not sit well with me like it was just like i don't know like it's so like even though the ending you don't actually see how things play out but because of earlier events you know how the ending is going to play out off screen and it's just like you're like like yuck like i just like right leaves you sitting yeah like oh my gosh so for that reason alone i'd say the movie is successful you know what mm. I mean? Like one of those yeah. movies where you're talking about it and you're thinking about it, even when you don't want to think about it after the movie ends. Um, yeah. So I, I understand why this has been be- nominated for best picture. I haven't seen enough of um, the other best pictures to know if this is like a true contender, but I'm not surprised that it was nominated. Um, for me, this is a see it, but again, of course, with like a classic Taylor caveat, if you are not, <laughs> good with like fairly um it's hard it's hard because it's not like explicitly um gory but if you're like fairly sensitive to um like very dark and heavy themes um this movie probably isn't for you again like I don't know if I'm just like aging with the pandemic like pre-pandemic I'd be like who cares like the major theme is depravity like knock your boots off but like now i'm a little bit more sensitive to to those things and so for our our um our listeners who don't really like kind of like grotesque themes or like who don't um aren't comfortable dealing with kind of like more gory things um don't don't like true crime um this movie isn't for you because like del toro definitely goes there you know what i mean like he um and even though he doesn't show everything he certainly doesn't sugarcoat anything so um 
that's that's my final review is that it's a Thank see you. it but just like be careful be careful <laughs> see it but be careful yeah um, you might well, have you nightmares that- you might have nightmares <laughs> That brings us to the end of the show. Um, that Those are your reviews. So a couple movies to kind of keep in mind for people. We're really looking forward to next week's chat uh, as we welcome members of the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. So definitely catch that next week. All right. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.